Well, our, our text today <clears throat> is actually from 1 John. We're going to look at chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, as we see the beauty of Easter. <clears throat> there are some traditions, <clears throat> Easter traditions, that make no sense at all. Pouring water on one another <clears throat> is a, a Polish Easter tradition. It has a name. The name is Smingus Dingus. Really? <clears throat> well named, I think. On the Greek island of Corfu, pot throwing takes place. People throw pots and pans and other earthenware out of their <clears throat> windows, smashing them on the street. That is a for real <clears throat> Easter tradition. There are Easter Monday tradition in, in Slovakia. This is really not good. <clears throat> in which men spank women with, with handmade whips made of willow and decorated with ribbons. Let me just encourage every man here to refrain from trying to resurrect that in America. <clears throat> that will not work and you will be sued. Here's one right here <clears throat> in the United States, and, and <laughs> never have understood it. In Washington, D.C., they roll eggs on the White House lawn. <clears throat> that makes no sense to me whatsoever. But, of course, it is Washington, so maybe that's <clears throat> the reason. On a much better note, all over the world, Easter is celebrated as a truly uh, beautiful day in beautiful ceremonies and services and traditions. The tradition of our church is to begin with a sunrise service. Today was the 53rd sunrise service of <clears throat> our church. It was the 26th that I have led. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Give me a little break here. <clears throat> now you can come back to me. <clears throat> Easter is truly a beautiful day. <clears throat> it's a beautiful day on the Christian calendar. Now we've read the account of Easter morning as Jesus rose from the grave. This morning, <clears throat> I want to take you behind the scenes. And I want to show you the, <clears throat> the beauty of Easter from a different angle than, than you have seen it. Now we have read it. <clears throat> we have celebrated it. We have sang it, but let's see the beauty of Easter as it relates to the love of God, because the beauty of Easter is in <clears throat> the love of God. First John chapter 3 and verse 1. See what kind of <clears throat> love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not <clears throat> know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet <clears throat> appeared, <clears throat> but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is, and everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He <clears throat> is pure. The beauty of this morning is a celebration of God's beautiful love. See, or as the King James Version says, behold, 
what kind of <clears throat> love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. We have a lot of emotional responses to God. I've already had a couple of emotional responses to God this morning <clears throat> during that, that song that was just sung. I, I, had to, I had to hold on to myself just a little bit because it would be very easy for me to <clears throat> get to blubbering and never get myself together. And then in addition to clearing my throat, you would have blubbering and clearing <clears throat> my throat. <clears throat> We're in awe of God. <clears throat> we love Him. And as the Bible says, we love Him because He first loved us. We worship <clears throat> Him and so much more. We do not often speak of the beauty of His love, but it is beautiful. It is beautiful indeed. Our text says that <clears throat> being called the children of God is a display of God's beauty. And it's how <clears throat> we are made worthy or worth something in Him. Now, how do you get to the place <clears throat> of being a part of God's beautiful love? How have we come to know that? Well, it begins with the Father's <clears throat> love for His Son. To ap appreciate the beauty of God's love, we should have some grasp <clears throat> of the love of the Father for God the Son, for His Son. We can experience <clears throat> the risen Lord because the Father loved the risen Lord. That love is shown, first of all, in the Father's respect <clears throat> for His Son. The connection of love between parents and their children <clears throat> does not always show the respect that it should. There are parents who love the children for who they are, but they have <clears throat> lost respect for their children. There are children who love their parents because of the attachment of of them being their parents, but they have <clears throat> lost their respect for their parents. Well, the beauty of the Father's love is that there is respect from the Father for the Son, and there is respect <clears throat> for the Son, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> from the Son <clears throat> for the Father. John chapter 10 and verse 17, for this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life <clears throat> that I may take it up again. There's no struggle between the Father and the Son. There's no difficulty between the Father and the Son. <clears throat> the Father loves the Son. <clears throat> the Son loves the Father. It's a perfect harmony between God the Father and <clears throat> God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. In fact, you can see God's beautiful love in His love or the Father's love for the Son, not only because of respect, but because of their unity. In John 10 and verse 30, <clears throat> Jesus said, <clears throat> I and the Father <clears throat> are one. Jesus offered no hesitation in expressing the relationship, the love relationship between himself and his Father. He said, we're one. <clears throat> the unity of the Godhead is something that, that we can believe, but we really can't explain. I can't explain it to you. If you ask me to explain how that God <clears throat> is three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, yet one God, I couldn't give you an illustration. Now, there are a lot of illustrations that have been given, and, and good illustrations, but they break down somewhere between here and heaven. And, and I'll just tell you this. I don't have to have an explanation of how God works. In fact, if I understood God, I probably wouldn't be in awe of Him the way that I am. <clears throat> I'm in awe of God. 
God's ways and God himself are too great <clears throat> for our comprehension. And to see the love of the Father for the Son expressed in respect and unity helps us to appreciate the depths of God's <clears throat> love for us. The Father <clears throat> has a beautiful love because of his love for the Son that is born out of respect, <clears throat> and it is carried on in unity, and it is for the glory <clears throat> of the Son. Philippians 2.9, therefore God has highly exalted him <clears throat> and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Now most of you know <clears throat> that I have three sons. Each of them have chosen a different path in life. <clears throat> Each of them have followed a different path to, or found a different path to follow. <clears throat> it's a privilege for me to speak well of them, <clears throat> to be their father, and to see the directions that, that they are <clears throat> going in life. They are important to me, and their work <clears throat> is important to me and to their mother. My oldest son is a lobbyist uh, for Jackson Health Systems out of Miami. I'm very proud of him for that. <clears throat> I, I have a better understanding of what lobbyists do <clears throat> because of, of my relationship to him. My second son is a police officer. In fact, <clears throat> he became a police officer after his grandfather died, and he realized that was his calling. Uh, <clears throat> my second son is the one in the very back with a hat turned around backwards. He, is, he told someone that he's 36 going on 13, but uh, <clears throat> he's, a, he's a police officer. Others in the family knew, excuse me, pardon me. <clears throat> I got up early this morning, <clears throat> and that frog <clears throat> is just now waking up. <clears throat> Other members of the family knew <clears throat> that Matthew was going to be a, a police officer. In fact, <clears throat> the guy in the yellow shirt is Paul. He's here today. <clears throat> Nathan's here today. But Paul told his grandmother years ago, <clears throat> he said, Matthew needs a career where shooting somebody is an option. <clears throat> <clears throat> And so he got one. And then Paul is in banking. Um, he uh, graduated from uh, Florida State University with a double degree in, in <clears throat> real estate and finance. And, and he manages the uh, St. John's County branch of, <clears throat> of Community First Credit Union over there. When we speak to others about our sons <clears throat> and we tell them who they are and who they've become, we're magnifying <clears throat> our sons. You understand that? We're magnifying them. We're trying to say of them good things to, <clears throat> to lift them up and, and to express how we feel about them. <clears throat> One of the beautiful things about God's love is that he magnifies his son. He glorifies <clears throat> his son. And, and our glorifying our sons and you glorifying your <clears throat> children is a slight or a small, a microscopic comparison to the glory of God, <clears throat> the Father, for His Son. The Father has all the glory of heaven and earth <clears throat> to bestow. And you know what He did with it? He gave it to His Son. He said, now I have all of the glory that exists anywhere. <clears throat> Here's what I'll do with it. I'll give it to my Son. Now that's 
a beautiful thing. <clears throat> That's beautiful love. The father's love for his son shows God's beautiful love. And then the father's gift of love <clears throat> shows his beautiful love. If you can see the father's love for the son, you can better appreciate the gift of his son as the sacrifice for our sins. Celebrating Easter <clears throat> is to celebrate the resurrection, but there was a resurrection because the father loved <clears throat> the son and offered him for our sins. The beauty of the resurrection <clears throat> is in the love of the father. For God so loved the world that he gave <clears throat> his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. If we took in and digested the truth of John 3.16, one word at a time, we would magnify God's gift of love. There's something else that magnifies as well, and that is the Father's proof of love. God was proving to us that He loved us in the gift of His Son. Romans 5.8, but God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love <clears throat> is ours even though we are sinners. God loves us <clears throat> even though we chose to disobey Him. We chose to be <clears throat> sinners. The need for this gift of God's love is because of our sin. God gave Adam and Eve the gift <clears throat> of the Garden of Eden and the perfect life, but they chose sin over perfect fellowship with the Father. And when Adam fell into sin, <clears throat> we all sinned, and we continue in sin. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, <clears throat> and death through sin, and so death spread to all men <clears throat> because all sinned. Even so, God loves you. And <clears throat> God loves me so much that He offered His beautiful, beloved Son, Jesus, as our only sacrifice for sin. <clears throat> God's beautiful love is the very foundation of the beauty of Easter, giving to all <clears throat> who believe our wonderful or our beautiful Savior. When we think about Easter, we, we typically think of a beautiful morning. We think of flowers. We think of of church bells. We think of sunrises and all of that kind of thing. And all of those things are beauty. But the beauty of Easter is the beauty of God's love. It's the <clears throat> beauty of our Savior. Verse 1, the reason why the world does not know you is that it did not know Him. There's so much about Jesus <clears throat> that we do not know. And the world knows nothing of Him. <clears throat> Have you considered the beauty of Jesus? I, I watched you <clears throat> as the uh, group was singing the forever song. And uh, <clears throat> I, I knew we had to get up. I knew we didn't need to sit there. <clears throat> to be honest with you, it reminded me of a, uh, a funeral that we had here a little over a year ago, I guess, Bob Wells when Bob Wells died and we got to the end <clears throat> and a song was played and and people couldn't keep seated they jumped up all over the house and and they held their hands up and they sang and they praised God <clears throat> that's what happened a while ago we just couldn't stand it 
we were seeing God's beautiful love in the beauty of our Savior. The ugliness of the cross is very real, but the beauty of Christ, the Christ of the cross is also real. Here's some verses about the beauty of Jesus. Think about these verses. I am a rose of Sharon, a lily of the valleys. How beautiful is that? Revelation twenty two sixteen. 16, I, Jesus, <clears throat> have sent my angel to testify to you about these things. For the churches, I am the root and the descendant of David. Look, the bright <clears throat> and morning star. Isaiah 33, 17, your eyes will behold <clears throat> the king and his beauty. They will see a land that stretches afar. Psalm 27, 4, one thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Have you ever seen somebody so beautiful that you just had to look? And it was almost like, okay, I really need to stare at this person. I know you ladies have seen some guy that's so handsome, so absolutely handsome. Maybe at one time your husband was, I don't know. But somebody so absolutely handsome that you just, just had to stare. Or somebody so beautiful that you just had to stare. Well, Jesus is someone that we're just going to have to just look at him. When we get in his presence, we're going to have to just look at him. Somebody may come up and they, they may say, Errol, hey, <clears throat> could I talk to you for a minute? Could you wait just a second? I'm still looking at Jesus. But it's been 10 years. I don't care. I'm still looking at Jesus. Check with me in about 100. We are going to behold his beauty. The beauty of Easter is the beauty of the Father. It is the beauty of our Savior. What is the beauty of our Savior? Well, there's the beauty of His sinlessness. He's beautiful because He's sinless. Recently, Tommy and Donna Stone, and I think they're downstairs with the children's ministry, but they, Tommy and Donna Stone became grandparents for the first time. And this little girl, Lumen Marie uh, Farrar, was born on Sunday, March the 26th, she weighed eight pounds and one, one ounce. None of us were there when she was born, only Tommy and Donna. However, we know that she was the most beautiful thing that they had laid their eyes on in a long time. In fact, she may be the most beautiful thing they have ever seen. We have a tendency to forget that our children, when they were born, were beautiful, but we never forget the beauty of our grandchildren. Just absolutely beautiful. She is beautiful in her innocence. So it's with the the beauty of Jesus Christ. So it is with the beauty of Jesus Christ. On this, this Easter morning, when we look at the beauty of Christ, we're looking at the beauty of his innocence, his sinlessness. Here's what Pilate said. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. I don't see anything. I don't see what you're seeing about 
crucifying him. I don't find any guilt in him. And let me say this to you. If, if uh, Pilate could find no guilt in him, you can imagine how perfect he was before the Father. John chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. There is no sin in Jesus. And these words of adoration from Simon Peter, from 1 Peter 2.22, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. Perfect in every single way, absolutely perfect in his sinlessness. There was no sin in him. Can you imagine such? No sin. Last night, our, <clears throat> our granddaughter, Emerson, we have two grandsons, Bradford and Harper, and two granddaughters, Emerson <clears throat> and Avery. And Emerson is about to turn three, and Emerson got a little virus of some kind, and she's, <clears throat> I think she's back there with her mom behind the, the uh, glass right now, but, but Emerson just was not feeling well at all. And <clears throat> she laid, she got up in her pop's lap, and she laid over on her pop's shoulder. And I, I cannot tell you how much that moment of love meant to me. She was <clears throat> absolutely innocent laying in my lap. Imagine the beauty of the innocent, perfect Jesus Christ. Jesus who had no thought, no word, no deed, anything that was anything other than perfection. And as he was spoken of in the Song of Solomon, Jesus is altogether lovely. The beauty of his sinlessness is, is the beauty of our Savior, also the beauty of his sacrifice. What does one do who is sinless? Well, you'll see in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. He became sin for our sacrifice. I think that <clears throat> Easter is a beautiful morning, not because of Easter outfits, although they're pretty, not because of, of uh, uh, the traditions and the fun that we have with our children, although they're, they're a lot of fun, not <clears throat> really because of church services, although they're great, or sunrise services, although they're magnificent. I, I think that <clears throat> the, the beauty of Easter is in the beauty of his sacrifice. He, <clears throat> he becomes the sacrifice for our sins. He was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life, and he gives himself an offering for our sin. There's nothing more beautiful to our eternity or our present than that. No one does that. No one has ever done that. We are impressed when somebody makes a large gift to someone, and we think, my, what a sacrifice, what a gift they've given. But no one has ever given everything from a life of sinlessness. And that's the beauty of Easter. <clears throat> it's our beautiful Savior. The beauty of His sinlessness, the beauty of His sacrifice, the beauty indeed of His salvation. Again from our text, knowing that you were ransomed from the, the feudal 
ways inherited from your father, forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. It's his sinless sacrifice, his salvation, until we make it our own. It belongs to him until we make it our own. It was his salvation. It was his sacrifice. It was his sinlessness until as a little boy, I received Jesus Christ, and then it became mine. And the beauty of his sacrifice and salvation became my salvation. In salvation, we find the the beauty of resurrection. The the beauty of, of resurrection to me is that I have been saved. I have been born again into the family of God, gloriously, wonderfully saved. I didn't earn it because I couldn't. I didn't buy it because it's it's unattainable with money. I I didn't do anything to get it other than see the beauty of my Savior and his sacrifice for me and by faith received his salvation. It's the beauty of Easter. It is so beautiful, so wonderful. Until we know salvation, until we know salvation, Easter is pots thrown from windows, water thrown on passers-by, and eggs rolled on a White House lawn. That's all that Easter is until we know salvation. But when we know Jesus and his salvation, Easter morning is a morning of joy. It's a morning of an empty tomb. It is a a risen Lord. It's a story that is timeless in its power and its appeal. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. And on Easter Sunday morning, when we take a look at, at all that has hours culminating in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it is a beautiful thing. Absolutely beautiful. The beauty of Easter is God's beautiful love, our beautiful Savior, and finally, heaven's beautiful promise. Verse 2, beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. What is before us is even more magnificent than what is behind us. Behind us is the the story of the virgin birth. Behind us is the sinless life. Behind us is the, the cross of Calvary. Behind us is the empty tomb. But there are things before us. What is before us? Well, his appearing is before us. John's gospel tells of certain Greeks who came to Philip with one request. They said, so these came to Philip who was from Bethsaida in Galilee and asked, sir, we wish to see Jesus. Could you join them in that? Do you wish to see Jesus. I've got to, I'm, I'm going to just tell you the facts here. When I was younger and people talked about seeing Jesus, I didn't get it. 
You know, people would give testimonies. I just want to see my Savior's face. I just, I just want to see Jesus. I just, I just want to bow before him. <clears throat> and I was young. I was saved, and I, and I was young, but I thought to myself, hey, look, <clears throat> I want to see the eighth grade. <clears throat> I want to see what happens when I, I'm able to drive a car. <clears throat> I want to see those kinds of things. But something has changed in my life. And it changes. It's a gradual change for the born-again believer who lays up treasures in heaven. As time goes on, I have more treasures in heaven than I do on earth. Now, I have treasures on earth. I treasure my family. Oh, my goodness. I treasure them. They do not know how much I treasure them. But, you know... I treasure Charles Kendrick, too. And he was a piece of my treasure. He's in heaven now. And I treasure Fred Hallmark. And I treasure Betty Hallmark. And Betty Fell. And Ralph Reynolds. And Bill Guy. And, and <clears throat> I can go on and on. I treasure them. And my, my treasure in heaven has become so large now with my mom there and my dad there and my brother there and my sister Jean. My sister Jean is there. My treasure has become so large in heaven and Jesus is there. Now there are days when I think to myself, heaven's going to be great. There are days when I think to myself, this is going to be awesome to see my loved ones and to see my Savior. When I was younger, I didn't feel that way. But I feel that way today. I feel that way now. It may be that he'll show himself to me at the rapture. It may be that I'll see him the way that Stephen saw him as Stephen went into the presence of God and he said, I see Jesus standing at the the Father's right hand. But Jesus is going to show himself. That's a beautiful promise. He's going to show himself. His appearance is part of the beautiful promise. And our confidence in his appearance is part of that beautiful promise. 1 John 3, 2, beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that, that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. Fanny Crosby, um, you, you know the story of Fanny Crosby, she was she was born without the ability to see or the ability to hear. And I, I've, I wondered, I've often wondered, what if she lived today? Because they're doing unbelievable things for people with their eyes and cochlear implants with their ears and all that. And I thought, <clears throat> what if she lived today? Well, the truth is we may not have some of the magnificent hymns that we have. Here's what she wrote. When my life work is ended And I cross the swelling tide. 
when the bright and glorious morning I shall see. I shall know. Now, here's a woman who never saw anything in her life. She said, I shall know my Redeemer when I reach the other side. And his smile will be the first to welcome me. I shall know him. I shall know him. And redeemed by his side, I shall stand. I shall know him. I shall know him. How? How, Miss Crosby? By the print of the nails in his hand. That's the beauty of Easter. And finally, it is our hope. We shall be like him. I am not much like him now. Unless Jesus is overweight, says things inappropriate, speaks when he ought to keep his mouth shut, gets mad at not being able to do things that he thinks he should be able to do, comes this close to breaking a golf club, cannot resist eating everything sweet in the house, goes and sits and looks at a menu and says, I shouldn't order that. I'll have this, please. Unless Jesus, unless Jesus is like that, then we're not alike today. (laughs) The only thing that is good in me is what Jesus has in me. Everything else is just me. But there's coming a day, Steve, when I will be like him. I will. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is majesty and glory and victory. And today we worship and celebrate the risen Lord. The resurrection is the beauty of Jesus Christ for us today and for all of eternity. Someday we're going to be in the presence of God. And it's going to be the best Easter morning that will never end.